The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. So let's talk about Harry Windsor and Meghan Markle, Prince Harry and his wife, those who have split from the British royal family amid such acrimony and controversy and who have become major celebrities in the United States as a result, particularly that Oprah interview. Well, Tom Boyer, who we've met on this programme many times in the past, uh, one of Britain's leading investigative biographers, has written the book Revenge about uh, Harry and Meghan and he joins us now. Good evening to you, Tom. Thank you for joining us. But I'm particularly interested to start maybe with, tell us a little bit more about Meghan Markle's father because he's often portrayed as this rather sinister, controlling figure. How have you found him to be? Well, I found him not at all sinister and not at all controlling and and very hurt and very depressed and puzzled because he looked after and cared for and financed Meghan throughout her childhood and uh, student life and everything, gave her a very, very secure, comfortable home, good education, and masses of love, and he's been repaid with um, being ghosted and vilified and abandoned by his daughter, and he just doesn't understand why. And did you find out any explanations from others as to why that might have happened? Well, his explanation, which is described in the book, is that uh, once she got to Toronto to film Suits, the series, uh, she became very distant and very um, self-opinionated, and wanted to mix with the rich, and therefore didn't really ever want to meet him, especially in Mexico, because she sort of began to look down on him. And he says that once she met Harry, that uh, his ex-wife, Daria, Meghan's mother, he says, got between them and tried to and successfully isolated him from his daughter. So that's his explanations. But what about other people? What do they do? They support that, or do they see other reasons? Well, clearly, his elder children, Meghan's half brother and sister, believe the same. They can't understand why Meghan uh, literally ghosted and abandoned her father, never went to see him, uh, and was so uh, didn't support him once the engagement was announced when he was under siege in Mexico. Uh, they're puzzled as well, but they say, "Look at the wedding. Look at the." guest list. It was all just Hollywood stars who Meghan had never really known, let alone be friends, and none of her family, either from her father's side or her mother's side. She's that sort of person. So there were nobody from her family at the royal wedding? Well, only her mother. But her mother was allowed to arrive two days before the ceremony and wasn't allowed to speak to anybody. The thing is that Meghan had conjured a whole narrative about her life, and she didn't want her mother or her father to contradict what she had told others about her biography. And, of course, this is what the book does. It punctures the version that Meghan has given out and tells the truth about what really did happen. So maybe she was embarrassed by her family, but on the other hand, I suppose Harry would have a lot to be embarrassed about his own family for. Well, yes. I mean, there's nothing to be embarrassed about the father. He was a very hard-working and very successful lighting director in Hollywood. Uh, He then retired to Mexico where he could live much more cheap than in uh, Los Angeles, and what led a quiet life. And, of course, he was really very surprised when his daughter uh, announced her engagement to Harry. Uh, and then he just became terribly upset that Meghan left him abandoned to the halls of journalists who wanted to know more about him, and then became more upset when he was portrayed 
as a drunk and a vagabond and all the rest, which I found to be completely untrue. I mean, he lives a very sober and very uh, unassuming life. I mean, he hasn't got much money, but he's he's everything other than a bad man. He's just a good father who did brilliantly by his daughter and has been uh, shafted by her in his view. And if he doesn't have much money, according to your book, he certainly seemed to spend sizable sums of money on her education uh, between high school and then in university as well, which he doesn't seem to have appreciated. But what about the dislike for her amongst the British royal family? Was that just they just didn't like her or was there a degree of snobbishness towards her? Or indeed, could there even have been a touch of racism? Oh, absolutely not at all. I mean, I think that's completely wrong. I mean, I think when she arrived, the Queen made sure there were at least six people, uh, very, very talented, hard-working courtiers who advised her how to work her way into the royal family. She received a huge amount of support from the Queen herself and from Charles. I think what really did happen was that she suddenly decided she didn't like her life in the Kensington Palace. She preferred it in California. I think one of the telling things is that when she suddenly discovered that she was living with Harry in a two-bedroom cottage in Kensington Palace, and across the corridor, Kate and William were living in a flat with 22 rooms and two kitchens, and she couldn't understand why they weren't equal, or if she she should be above them. I mean, that was really the problem. She she didn't want to be part of the team, and I, I wanted to be in the spotlight and by herself. And I don't believe racism at all played a part. I think that was, she invented that, and of course it did great damage. But she provided not only no evidence, but look, instances she described of racism were completely untrue. If everyone else doesn't seem to like her, Harry most certainly does. I mean, why is that? What does he see in her, do you think? Oh, I think Harry is deeply in love with her. And I think the reason is that she, he's a needy man, she's somewhat needy, and they complement each other. But most important of all, he wanted to get out of Kensington Palace. He wanted his freedom. It's much more fun paddling in the Pacific than shaking hands on a rainy day in Pangbourne. And uh, he didn't want to be under control of Buckingham Palace and all the officials there and the rest of it. And she provided a wonderful escape. And he'd been very unlucky and unhappy in his relationships with other women. He's a... He's, He's a troubled young man, or was a troubled young man. He's now a mature man, equally troubled. And she was sympathetic to it. Uh, she sought to try and help him. But she's very, very clever, Megan. She had carefully researched Harry and his interests and his background and all the rest of it and promised him uh, support. And that was something which uh, he hadn't found before from other women. But then, fair enough in some respects. I mean, even if she was perhaps manipulative, if you could say she was attention-grabbing, money-grabbing or whatever, he do, she does seem to have made him happy. Absolutely. No, I agree with you. But the trouble is, the price for Harry's happiness has been his extraordinary disloyalty to his own family and the notorious Oprah Winfrey interview where both of them said things which were patently untrue to damage the royal family and build up their own... Uh, cause as victims of all these terrible people in London and that is really the bit that's unforgivable How much damage did that really do though to the royal family? Did it hurt people personally or was it more that they were worried about the damage that it would have done to the image that has been created for the business of the royal family? Well I think both, I mean I think she was unbelievably rude about Kate 
uh, and I think Kate deserved it. I think she's a very decent woman and a good person. She uh, cast aspersions over the royal family, who were who the ra- racists. She even criticized and he criticized the Queen in that cause. And, uh, of course, it was very bad for the image. I mean, one of the results of it was, of course, that when William and Kate visited the Caribbean, and particularly in Jamaica uh, some months ago, they had a really rough time there because everyone was convinced by Meghan that the royal family was racist. And I think that the truth is the opposite because the Commonwealth, which is a great success, is a multiracial organization. Charles spends a lot of time in all the different communities in Britain. And one forgets that London and Britain is an extraordinarily tolerant country. For every nation in the world has got huge communities in Britain. And there's racial tolerance and there's a racial harmony here. I mean, they've come back to America where the, where the truth is the exact opposite. I mean, the, the, the country's being torn apart by racism. Well, that doesn't happen in Britain. So it was, it was just, uh, it was all created for their own self-aggrandizement to make themselves important and to make themselves victims. And that was not acceptable. But why do they get such a battering almost in the British media and British public when whatever damage they have done to the British monarchy surely pales into significance with that done by Prince Andrew? Well, that's a fair point about Prince Andrew, but I think the point is that Prince Andrew doesn't attack his family or not for Winfrey. Prince Andrew doesn't take all the money and the glory and say, uh, you're all terrible people, and that's why. I mean, if they had just gone quietly and said, there were going to be more suits in California, fine, but they didn't. They not only did Oprah Winfrey interview, they did an interview on ITV with Tom Bradby, they did an interview with Apple TV, they did an interview on Sky, I mean, everything. They keep on attacking their paymasters and the, and the royal family who they want to be part of by keeping their titles. They trade on their royalty, and yet they damn the royalty, and you can't compare that with Andrew, whatever. Uh, sorry, I, I would nearly argue, Tom, that what anything Prince Andrew has done has been way worse. That his personal behaviour is absolutely abhorrent. Many people would suggest criminal, would love to see him face charges in the United States of America. That harbouring somebody who's effectively been accused of a paedophile within the royal family is far worse than any of those offences caused by Meghan and Harry that you've just outlined. Well, I'm not going to argue, I'm not going to defend Andrew, but that's all I'm saying is there's a big difference between all the charges you make against Andrew, and I could add some more, but he hasn't. Uh, or he has disappeared from public life. The point is he's been stripped of his of his titles and stripped of his role in public life, and has been ordered to live a private life. The, the Sussexes have done the opposite. They've done them. They've attacked the royal family and demanded publicity. Demanded more and more publicity and more and more money for being public. So that that's the difference. That's why uh, nobody is saying they like Andrew. Nobody is saying they sympathise with Andrew. But the anger with Meghan is that she was welcomed astonishingly warmly by all the royal family. The wedding in Windsor was a great success, and then she turned on them, and just because she wanted to be in the spotlight, because she wanted to be famous. And she didn't want to be part of the team. Can you see any rapprochement happening? Or no. is the, the only possibility maybe for Harry is that if his relationship with Meghan ends, that he might then be brought back into the firm? No, I, I, I mean, I know many people think it'll end, but I don't see a scenario for it ending. And I don't see a rapprochement. I think he's burnt his bridges. William is rightly angry with his brother. And I think uh, 
the way they treated the royal family, managed the Sussexes during the Jubilee visit to St. Paul's for the Queen's, visit, uh, Queen's Jubilee uh, last month, was very, very clever. They just uh, they sidelined the Sussexes, made clear to them they have no role in public life here. So I don't think there's a chance for him to come back other than um, taking a very private life here. There's, there's no public role for him here. Tom Boyer, thank you very much for joining us to talk about Revenge, which tells the story of Harry and Meghan. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM, it all happens here.